Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Drinking a little drink, smoking a little smoke, getting down to business. For ourselves and for future generations, a new world order. We check mark ass fucks. We know that the best is yet to come. God bless you and God bless America. You gotta go down the hole. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. The world is fucking burning. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Nikola Tesla is my boy. But we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. Conspiracy. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Mitch Vuk. As always, I'm joined here with the Pistol Pete Maravich of The Conspiracy Game. Tyler, how are you? What's going on, boys and girls? I'm uh, pretty stoked about this one. Today, we got on a guy who whose podcast I've listened to extensively. He's a number one best-selling author. I read both of his books. And uh, without further ado, we got Charlie Robinson. Charlie Robinson. First, a quick word from our sponsor, and we will get right to Charlie. Here we go, rabbit holers. Today we are diving in with Charlie Robinson. He is the host of Macroaggression Podcast, which is a great show. If you like our show, uh, you'll love his. He's also a best-selling author of the book The Octopus of Global Control, and he just released another book titled The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. And my first question to you is going to be, what brought you to write that first book? How, wh what dove you into this type of research? Yeah, um... Well, I was living in Las Vegas, uh, selling new homes. This was 2007. Okay. And I went on a vacation, and somebody gave me John Perkins' book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, to read. Like, oh, you're going on a, a week-long vacation? You, you, you might like this. <laughs> and I remember I was reading. The, it was a scuba diving trip, and I was in Thailand, and I was reading the book when I was on the boat. And it was such a great book that while I was underwater with tanks on, like swimming around this beautiful place, I was like, well, it looks like we're almost, I'm almost out of oxygen time to go up. Oh, at least <laughs> I get to read the book some more, you know, and I was right. like, wow, I must really like it. So that, that was how I kind of got, I got, I got into this book. And what John Perkins explained in the book was how he worked for this company called Maine, which was like working for Halliburton. And his job was to go around to countries to presidents of countries and and see if they would be interested in signing on board to to build some big you know massive infrastructure project like in one of the cases he used was a hydroelectric power plant okay. in ecuador and he would explain to them look you have the right topography you've got these rivers coming down here we put a uh, a dam you know it, it'll generate all this electricity which will which will more than cover the cost to build this place out. It'll be great. We'll put some money in your bank account too, of course. And, 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 and you know, let's yeah. do it. We, and he's like, well, you know, the countries are like, we can't afford this. We don't have the money. He's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. We've got that all set up with the world bank and the IMF. Mm. They've got all the money that you need They're You're totally approved. This is what it'll cost. This is how much revenue it'll generate more than enough. And, and you'll be fine. And so right. the countries sign on to this and, build the hydroelectric power plant a couple years in it doesn't make as much money as they thought it was going to make well of course 
countries. John Perkins yeah. knew that, that it wasn't going to, and the IMF and World Bank knew that it wasn't going to either. Mm-hmm. But um, so so then, as it when they fall behind in their payments, then they, they get approached by the World Bank and the IMF saying, you owe us a lot of money and you're not paying, but we have a way to work it out. Let's have you privatize your lumber industry and let our buddies mm-hmm. buy it or, or, or put a, UN, a U.S. military base here or, or vote our way in a U.N. resolution or some shitty deal that, they, that this country would never do yeah. unless they had to. And, I, and, it, and it opened me up to the idea of debt as a weapon. And as I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, so they're extending loans to countries that can't afford it. And when they default, they're taking back tangible assets. Now, this was as the market was booming mm-hmm. in Vegas, and I'm selling real estate there. I'm selling new homes. So I'm in like a fixed position at a new home builder. Right. And people come in to me, and they, you know, they fill out their mortgage, you know, fill out their application, like, oh, I want to buy this home. Let's see if I'm qualified. I make $10 an hour. This guy's never going to get qualified. <laughs> fill it all out, fax it over to the, um, to, to the mortgage company. 30 minutes later, you get a call. Yeah, they're good to go. Yeah, good, like, yeah. Oh, the housing bubble just, you know, <laughs> approves everybody. Yeah, Everybody gets approved. And, I, right. and then it occurred to me, oh, my God, they're pulling the same scam the IMF and World Bank is, but just on a smaller scale, which right. is loan money to people that can't afford it, get them in a bind when they, when they, when they can't pay up their loans, then take back their house from them. <laughs> that, that you have, you have a, They have a, a insurance on the mortgage to begin. The lender has insurance on the mortgage to begin with. Uh, they get they get the house back. And it was like, I felt like, Jesus, I'm a part of this. And I didn't even know You just know feel it, you know? shitty. you just like a scumbag. That, yeah. It, I felt disgusting right. after that. And I was like, whoa, okay. So I started to get into this topic. You know, I start. I understood at that point in 2007. I was, I already knew that 9/11 was not as it appeared to be. Right. I had major <laughs> questions about that. But then I started to understand. I started to get into the financial aspect of it. Then a couple of years after that, I took a job with a builder that was had built this mid-rise condo project that got like half built, and the bank took it back, ironically. <laughs> and so we were working for the bank had brought us in to sell it. It, well, first build it out and then sell it. Well, while the building out was going on, there wasn't a whole lot of selling. So I sat in this like office with my computer watching YouTube videos and reading books for like nine months straight because I had all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> and that really got me a pretty good education on all this stuff. And it just started me down this path. And then it wasn't until like 2015 – my mom and I were having a conversation about some – I was telling her about some new conspiracy I'd discovered or something. Right. Or I don't, I don't know. And, and, and she was like, this is interesting. This is fascinating. You've got all this information about this and all these other ones that you've been looking into. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with it? And I was like – Maybe I, I should write a book. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. Did I, I yeah. didn't know I had to do anything with it. I was not – I was not – uh, I did not get the memo that I had right. some sort of it's your responsibility. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know, maybe I should write something, maybe I'll write a book. And and so at that point I made up the mind and made it up a decision that I would write a book, but I didn't tell anybody. I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to be on the hook, you know, like, Secret Hey man, book. how's that book coming that you said you were going to write? And you're like, right. Oh, I never finished it. You know, yeah. I didn't want to do that. So 
I just didn't tell anybody. And I quietly wrote this book, literally sneaking out of bed in the middle of the night to go to my computer and write like a couple more pages. Uh -uh. Uh, It it, it all came crashing down though when the book was finally done and it got sent, like a huge box of the first batch of books got sent Uh to my house and I wasn't there to open it. My wife was there. She's like, oh, "Oh, big box. This must be, you know, stuff I ordered on Amazon. Uh Opens it up, finds all these books. (laughs) Flips it over, my picture's on the back. And she just <laughs> you didn't even tell your wife? <laughs> She's like, you're emotionally cheating on me. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm writing a book. Like, you spent all that time writing the book and didn't include her. I can understand how she'd be upset with I that. I can understand. <laughs> I can understand her. But it's like, yeah. on the sliding scale of sketchy stuff your husband may be doing, writing a book, pretty it's about low a one. on the list. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, it's about right. a one. So that's how I came into the book. That's how that's how the octopus book came about. And then through that, through the promotion of that book, um, I wound up going on Jeff Berwick's uh, podcast, The Anarchist, and and we had we did a great interview. And when we got done, we were we were weren't recording, but we were still talking on Zoom, just like this. Right. And this was the summer of 2018, and he said something to me. He goes, "Some you know something like it's all coming down," and I was like elaborate he's like financial systems a house of cards government it's just Mm -hmm. you know it's all it's all set to come down it's 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 at the end of its life cycle and i was like interesting and he said we should work on something together you want to write a book and i said okay let me think about how how that could work like let me let me think about it because i I did want to write another book and of course jeff is Jeff is a great uh, partner for this because he sees the world real differently. He's a Canadian living in Mexico, runs a multi-million oh, dollar business, that's runs the largest anarchist convention in the world. He's in Bitcoin at three dollars. Oh, he's him. he's 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 with Lukerdowski storming Epstein's island with barefoot. You know, I mean, this yeah, is this is right. a guy I can get down with, right? You know, for this sure. is a dude I'm I'm on board with all this crazy shit. So, I I wound up in Costa Rica for a while and. Um, had some time to think about what we could write together. And, and, and what stuck in my head was when he said, it's all coming down. And so to me, I'm thinking of like a building coming down. And, and right. specifically in my head, when I think a building coming down, I'm I thinking know. of building that one seven. Thing. Yep. <laughs> you know? World Trade Center I'm thinking seven. of controlled yep. demolition of the American empire. Yeah. So well, I've said, all right, well, I've got this idea, Jeff, and I wrote this summary of it mm-hmm. and sent it to him. He goes, oh yeah, that's way better than what I was thinking. <laughs> he goes, let's go. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so that's how that's how both of the books wound up coming to be. So similar to your Octopus of Global Control book, this book, the Controlled Demolition of the American Empire, has like eight sticking points that you yep. that you go through, and the first being a rotting foundation. Now, I mean, that seems like really symbolic to me. What did yeah. you mean whenever you uh, whenever you wrote? Yeah, what foundation, foundation is rotting? Yeah, it's, it's it's like so. One of the things that we talked about when we were, um, so yeah, it's uh, the rotting foundation is uh, systemic issues, issues that are baked into the cake, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get around them. So we start off by talking about the history of empires and how they follow a very predictable cycle. Um, where you know on the final stage you start to see things like 
um, overextending their military, getting into wars that they have no business getting into, uh, debasing their own currency. They would do like the Roman era. They would take coins, and clip like them. silver and gold coins, and clip right. them. Yeah, clip we've them, talked about that. Pie shaped pieces out of all the edges, right. and then melt them pile down. Pile all that stuff up. You do that to enough of them, melt that down, and make a new coin. Right. I'm like, damn, they're like, they're like, uh, you know quantitative easing before the federal reserve <laughs> right. was doing it you know they're like so there's a there's a theme you, you you know a country or an empire builds up their military can't sustain it starts debasing their currency to try and keep this whole scam going um they then it goes into the bread and circuses component where you try and entertain the population so that they're not busy watching you fuck up everything right uh and, and keep them totally oblivious to the to the disaster that is that is coming uh they have no trust in government or they have no trust in their media the media is you know nobody trusts them anymore so we see some of these patterns repeating and then if you look at where we are in the american empire another common theme that most empires have is that the population of the empire is usually the last to realize that it's about to fall apart they're they're so propagandized they're so in it that they can't see it but if you're on the outside and you're looking at it being objective you're like of course your empire came down like what did you think was going to happen you did all the wrong things it's coming down so where we are right now in this cycle is we're on the last stage of the cycle i mean it's it's crystal clear it's undeniable that that's where we are and i i take no pleasure in saying that of course because i wish that we weren't towards the end because i realize that that's going to cause a lot of pain but so we talk about like the rotting foundation we talk about you know government corruption government stupidity those are those are things that are just sort of the the, the normal baseline right. that yeah. that's what you get with government is if you there's get government corruption. right there's government stupidity, stupidity. <laughs> exactly <laughs> by default because right. you've agreed to this system where you allow morons and psychopaths that want power over people to run for office or to be selected for office and then they do what psychopaths do, which is destroy things. So, so you not to mention they're all you're compromised. Almost, yeah. Say that again. I said not to mention they're all compromised. They all have oh, yeah, handlers. Yeah, of course. They I mean, all got blackmail on each other. Yeah. 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 So everybody's everybody's kind of compromised, and 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 the system by you know is is set up to to fail to begin with. So we started getting into, we started writing about the rotten foundation, and then we took it the next major chapters called the pre-weakening of the building and what that is is when you take a real building um that you're going to blow up you go through it the engineers go through it and they find the major support columns and they don't do anything with them right away they they're going to work on those later but first they pre-weaken the building so they find all the minor support columns and they cut those not enough that the building's going to fall down but just enough so that you don't have to use as many explosives so you Mm -hmm. go through and you, you make all these cuts to the building to, to pre-weaken it in advance. And so that, we, we draw comparisons to things like government policies that are implemented, like like NAFTA, which is a trade policy that Bill Clinton put in. H.W. Bush proposed it. It got ratified under Clinton. And, and what that did is it took all of the 
manufacturing capacity of the United States and outsourced it overseas, right. mostly to Asia. And yeah. that was what Ross, when Ross Perot was running for president back in 92, he was talking about the great sucking sound that you would hear, <laughs> which was the sound of Mexico sucking Siphon all the jobs off. out of uh, all the factories and all the jobs out of America. And everyone was like, That's you know, good. eight Bush and, and Clinton who were running were like, oh, it's crazy. You're just a crazy old man. He was right. It's exactly what happened. Of course, and of course they knew that that would happen. Yeah. Uh, it was by design. So those are things. Those that's a pre-weakening of the empire in a way that doesn't. It's not. It doesn't take out the major support columns, but it just. It's like lighting a twenty-five-year fuse on it, and and it takes like a generation for that to really screw up your 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 country. And of course, it it that's what it's done. It's we have no blue-collar jobs. The Rust Belt area of uh, region of, of the it's United right States, right in the middle of, of it, right? As now. you know, you know, yeah. it lost a ton of jobs. That's where a lot of the manufacturing came from. from. So right. that that has major ramifications, not just financially, but socially as well. I mean, it really does a number on it on an area. It, it, so it, it it's it's more of what it also does is it takes that you have a lower class, a middle class, and an upper class. It took that middle class right out. It right just out, destroyed yeah. all that and pushed everybody down, either pushed them down or pushed some push of them, them up. up. And 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 so you now you wind up with a, a like an, a, a ruling class and a lower class, and it's getting Going bigger back and to bigger. feudalism. Yeah, you got it, and that's exactly where they want to take it. They right. want to take us. So these are these are uh, policies that. Uh, that have that are going to destroy your country at some point. It takes a while. Another so another example of a pre, the pre weakening of the building uh, is the private prison industry. Cr- the creation mm. of the concept of a private prison. Think about that for just a second. I mean, we need prisons, right? There's bad sure. people. They got to go to. They got to go away when they do bad things. But the idea of a private prison right. where you profit where it's from all the for more profit. people you have in there, and yeah. then you take that those private prison companies and they're traded publicly on Wall Street. Oh my God, yeah. you're talking about asking for trouble. And that was, of course, also done under Clinton. Um, there's a theme here. Bill Clinton was one of the most dangerous and destructive presidents in the history of the country. Right, and he, he also it, took the media and. Made into four corporations exactly. instead of thousands. And that, and, he did that. He, yeah. he he deregulated the media so that they could link up. I mean, there was fifty media companies when he got into office. There's four or five of them now. Right. right. Uh, and then another thing he did was repeal Glass Steagall, which allowed the investment banks to just basically turn into casinos and use depositors' money to do whatever the fuck they wanted, which yeah. was blow up the economy. Right. Several years later, by doing mm-hmm. things like that. So, all of these policies. We're, we're bound to have a destructive effect. And what Jeff and I are suggesting is that this wasn't accidental, is that it, it was designed, it was set in place by people that do not want there to be a superpower left. Uh, they did this, they ran the same game on the Soviet Union in 91. Some mm-hmm. of the same things that they used to destabilize the Soviet Union are the same things that we used here. Drag them into an unwinnable war in Afghanistan for 10 years. That happened. Now we've been in there for 20. Mm-hmm. Um, have outside influences manipulate their currency? Well, that's happening here too. Uh, there's no trust in the media in, in the Soviet Union. The the politicians were stealing everything that they could get their hands on. They were out in what they couldn't steal. They would give to their they would partner up with their oligarch buddies uh, and privatize everything. All that stuff is happening here. And it destroyed the Soviet yeah. Union. And 
the same destabilization tactics that were used there are being used on us now. So it, it's a very, it's when you look back at it, when you get sort of like a high level view and you're really objective and you take the American out of you, because I'm an American who, who wants good things for America. Um, but if you get yourself as objective as you can, you can see it. You can see the, it's you can real. see the, the tactics that they use. You could see that they plotted this well in advance, decades in advance. And it's, um, you know, we, Jeff and I were were horrified and also like simultaneously impressed with their long term planning, their clear psychopathy. Like you have to stand in awe of the things that they did right. in order to take this down. Like the the policies and decisions they made. They're very bright people. They're For evil, sure. of course, but they're they're not dumb. They're not and dumb. They understand how this world works because they create the systems that work in this world. So they, they, they and they have people in positions of power. So they can make these things happen. It's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to look back at at how it all worked. And, and much like when you look back at the Roman Empire, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, of course that thing came down. You did this. You did that. You did all the. You did all of the things that would ensure your destruction. Of course it happened. And, and same thing with America seeing that today one of the tentacles of the octopus of global control is financial and we keep talking about our currency being debased do you think bitcoin could be a tool for a peaceful revolution if we take our currency back and get the big banks out of the way do you think we could usher in a new world that doesn't have to end in bloodshed yeah i mean <laughs> bitcoin is bitcoin is jeff's area of expertise uh, really? I mean, you can find it at three dollars so yeah, he, right. he clearly knows a little bit more yeah. about it than i do but the idea of currency that is not not fiat currency that's not uh created and printed yeah, out of thin air finite. by central banks yeah I, i'm i'm on board with that where i get a little nervous is the fact that um you see the uh, Fed and, and, and the government starting to talk about using crypto for their uh, purposes, yeah. you know, to, to, to maybe create this right. new, yeah. a new version right. of the dollar or something along those lines. Now, those aren't going to be privacy coins. Those are going to be Fed coins, which means there'll be no privacy coins. at all. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't want that. It'd <laughs> right. be like a, just a digital version of the, of the U.S. dollar now, which can be hyperinflated and, you know, printed. Yeah. But the Bitcoin aspect where on the blockchain limited number of them uh you know can't you can't erase the records of it all that i love that i mean that's great if 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 we were moving on to bitcoin and the fed was still trying to print u.s dollars and they hyperinflate themselves out of it and bitcoin is still off to the side going should have been in bitcoin mm -hmm. then then that that could take over as the as the monetary uh currency to be used you know worldwide really right. it has the ability to do that and, and that's i think the way they did it with bitcoin is smart because they didn't try to incorporate it into the current monetary system they built a separate monetary system and that's the way you make changes in this in this system you yeah, don't join the system separate. and try you to just break away the system from, from inside it doesn't right. you can never do it there's too much you rewrite the rules from the system itself so you have to build a, a better system off to the side and then make it so attractive that the people in the current system go 
we like that one much better than they they migrate over to it so bitcoin i think look i i, I think bitcoin has has the potential to do some great things. I think blockchain in general has the potential right. to fix some of this, but but you'll see the pushback. I mean, the, the one thing about Bitcoin that makes me nervous um, is that I can see the government going out of their way to outlaw it, to just make it so that if you have mm. it, they want to put you in jail or yeah. whatever. I mean, not that interesting. Not that it's possible. You know, I mean, there's it's privacy possible. components to it, so it's kind right. of hard to say who has it and who doesn't. But mm-hmm. I could see them spending their time and energy trying to demonize that or trying to you know and 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 let's face it they've got the mainstream media on their side which has no credibility to right. to not people to like us or people the are to your show yeah we already know that the mainstream media is garbage but there's right. a huge segment of the population that still thinks the mainstream media is, is telling the truth so if the government and the media teamed up to say bitcoin is only used by terrorists and drug dealers like they do with they're cash. certainly They've been trying about cash because they want to get rid of that yeah um there would be a segment of the population that would believe them and would and, and you'd say oh i've got this bitcoin you know at the, at thanksgiving you bring up that you've got bitcoin <laughs> and your grandma's like oh, we have to have a talk about my grandson becoming a terrorist. <laughs> that hits, so that hits close to home, Charlie. I don't know. <laughs> you can see the insanity there, right? <laughs> Do you want to talk about the Great Reset, how this all ties into that? We can get into that, but before that, I, I was interested. I, w- I was looking through the book. Now, we booked this interview, and I didn't really have time to read the, the book in its entirety, mm-hmm. but I yes. was looking through some of the main points, and identifying the support columns was next on the list, and I want to know what, in your opinion, what the, the main support columns of the system that we live in right now are. Yeah, so, it, I mean, there's, there's, there's a few of them, but the ones that I think are extremely important, and I think people can totally relate to this that the the support column and so in in the book we describe the support columns as as these are the things that need to be destroyed um it, like much in the same way a building needs to be destroyed um the next big chapter is is uh rigging the detonators and so you rig the detonators on the support columns so so just to give you sort of an idea of how the process of blow, blowing up a building works not that we're not that we're going to be blowing up buildings, to be clear. <laughs> yeah, um, don't ding us for that. <laughs> as, far as, as far as everybody at the FBI knows. Right. Um, so we identified – two of them that I thought were really important were destroying critical thinking and a component of that sort of the subset of that is is destroying – uh, this you know the destructive schools, uh, the schooling in, in the United States. Now, the, the, the critical thinking aspect of this is crucial. You have to get – people really dumbed down you have to get them in that bread and circuses mode where they're just you know they're at the coliseum watching the chariot races and drinking wine and 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 doing all that stuff and not focusing on all of the insane things that the government is actually doing that they're trying to you know cover up by that and 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 where we are now as a society with the critical thinking of the masses uh I, i think it is it's it's undeniable that the the masses of people, not just in the United States, but worldwide, but let's just focus on the United States, have been so dumbed down through, you know, television, lies from the media, water. <laughs> junk food, 
GMOs, chemtrails, vaccines. You, they're getting us from every single direction. The, the, The school systems itself are so broken. They're teaching things like Common Core. I mean, so you you dumb down the population. And I actually put this in in my my first book. There's a quote from uh, Dr. Russell Blaylock, who is a neurosurgeon. And he said that the problem is that there's like a huge mass of the population that is just dumbed down, that have been intentionally dumbed down. And they're in this sort of, they're just down on this reservation where they can't really excel at anything. They can't really do much uh, yeah. without the government's help. So they become fully dependent on the government for for everything, for for what to do, how to think, and where to get their money from, and and, and you know what to do. And then he said, there, then there's a small percentage of people with much higher IQs that can see the whole plan, and it's crystal clear to them what's going on. And he said, you know, it's just that's the problem is that. Because so many people are dumbed down, they can't they can't really get ahead in life. So they're stuck to being dependent on the government. And and when you do that to, to a population, um, then they no longer have any other options. They they wind up being forced to deal with the government. So what we have currently in this situation, like that after twenty twenty, is a bunch of people that are that are a dumbed down, but also scared. And they're looking to the government for answers. They're turning on their nightly news. They turn on. They think Anderson Cooper on CNN is going to give them like a, a honest look at what's actually <laughs> happening out here. I mean, yeah, it's that's insane. comical. <laughs> yeah, totally comical. And and so you 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 destroy the critical thinking of the population so that they can't ever figure out, you know, that, that they can't that they can't figure out that a guy like Fauci is lying to them. Right. You know, they, they just don't have the capacity or, or or they're so trusting of their media that they just go, well, you know, it's, he's on TV. So, yeah. you know, we got heard it on the news. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that and so you take that and then the subset is that is the the education system, which has been bad for a while, but right. it's gotten con- uh, uh unbelievably worse with the introduction of common core and 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 for those that don't know common core is this uh school curriculum that is uh english and math that had been put forth by bill gates yeah. surprise surprise um <laughs> who came in and said i got this idea for how to transform you know students and make them better and everything mm-hmm. and it's like oh so you've devised the shittiest curriculum in the world with mathematics that I'm not even kidding when I say this is going to sound so preposterous, but this is 100% true. If the question is three times four, if you answer three times four equals 12, you'll get partial credit. If you show your work three times four and you show all the calculations, but you get the answer 11, you'll get full credit. You'll get full credit. (laughs) Because it's about showing the work. Two plus two equals five. I think it's it, insane. Yeah. Did, and you so not, did you not get kicked off? Creating, of, no, yeah, I was go ahead. Say, did Sorry. you not get booted off of Twitter for saying we should throw Bill Gates in a volcano? I did get I did get booted off. <laughs> that of is absolutely amazing. I didn't say we amazing. should. I said when is somebody going to throw Bill Gates? <laughs> wasn't you weren't saying I'm going to go throw Bill yeah. Gates? No. Like, it wasn't a threat. No. Yeah. I believe that, it was. Even if I was, am I really going to throw in a volcano? I mean, it's right. just it's so preposterous. Sure but yeah, that happened for real. 
I believe it was Hitler that said, if you give me control of the textbooks for one generation, I can have control of the population. And they've probably had control of the textbooks for multiple generations now. So. Yeah. And, and I think Bill Gates would agree with Adolf Hitler on that one. Yeah. A couple I of... think that that's a pretty good segue into the who wired the building section as well as yeah. the Great Reset because it seems to intertwine a lot. These people like like the like your guys in the World Economic Forum, your 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 Klaus Schwabs, your your evil Bond villains of the world, yeah. <laughs> seem to be the same people that are wiring these buildings, and then eventually, as the book goes on, pushing down the plunger, etc. Yeah. Um, so who are the who are the main people behind this Great Reset? Yeah, of course you have your Klaus Schwabs, but who are the people that are benefiting from this the most? Yeah, so there's two there's two factions really at work here. You've got the and and if you think of it, think of it like a you know uh, a Venn diagram with overlapping circles. Right. So you don't have to necessarily be in the United Nations. There's the United Nations and there's the World Economic Forum, and you mm-hmm. can be in both to be clear. But the United Nations was started by David Rockefeller. They're definitely involved in this. Um, they're the ones that put forth uh, Agenda 21, which w- became Agenda 2030. Right which is the sustainable development of the uh, transformation of society. It's a lot like the Great Reset. It, it is it is a it based is a on the Club of, of Rome it. book that they wrote. What's that? It's based on the the book that the uh, Club of Rome wrote in 1971, um, Limits to Growth, which yeah. Rockefeller yeah. was involved in the writing of. So right. You got it. Exactly. Yeah, David Rockefeller started the, the, the Club of Rome with Dr. Alexander King, who co-founded NATO and who started the uh, Committee of 300 and, and Tavistock Institute. So he's right. he's the – you want to talk about a Bond villain. That, that would have <laughs> been one too, Dr. Alexander King. And they came up – the Club of Rome came up with this – book in 1971 called the limits of growth and in that book they outlined their plan to use this concept that they are creating called global warming to use the idea of climate change uh, to um, to be the pretext to make everybody all people feel bad about what they're doing to the environment and then tax them based on what they're doing to the environment and use that tax as the funding mechanism to create a one-world government and use the, the the idea of pollution as the catalyst to get everybody on board with saving the world and coming together in, in a one-world government to do it. They lay it, and they say whether this be real right. or imagined for right, this. Right. You know, I mean, they 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 say we're going to make this up. We're going to make up the concept of it, and then mm-hmm. they go ahead and make up the concept of it, and so. Uh, David Rockefeller with the Club of Rome. Then you've got David Rockefeller with the United Nations. If there's a theme uh, developing here, David Rockefeller is a, was a scumbag of epic <laughs> proportions. But then the United Nations starts going on. And oh, we're the United Nations. We're looking to the unite nations together. Yeah, right. into a one world government, mm-hmm. exactly like you talk about openly and write about. So the United Nations, nations is involved in this. And I think that people that are new to this information just coming into this should should just know uh by all means do all your own research dig into this on your own please don't take anything i say as gospel research it yourself but you will come to the realization that we have which is anything the united nations is involved in is is you want to stay away from pretty much they are the enemy of humanity 
be very, very careful with the United Nations. They're dangerous. So you've got that group. Then you've got the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab. Now, he, he's, there was a group that started before the World Economic Forum right. that was started by the guy that was Hitler's banker. He was literally the head of Deutsche Bank from 1939 to 1945. And he started this group. I, think, I forget what it was called. It's like the European Committee or something like that. And it right. later became uh, – it got intertwined and then it became the World Economic Forum. It was like so the European people, Management Committee or something, something right, similar to exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and so when people are like, oh, the World Economic Forum, it's kind of like the Fourth Reich. Well, yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> It kind of is, you know. It came out of there, and Klaus Schwab's dad was a was a German industrialist. I mean, you yeah. know. So, I mean, so the there's that. The Nazis and, didn't lose; they just were moved to different places. We know with Operation Paperclip, a lot of them brought into America. They were just put in positions of power outside of Nazi Germany. But absolutely, and Jim Mars wrote about that too, called the Fourth, a book called The Fourth Reich, where he talked about how you know the Nazis never went away; they just put on lab coats, right? You know, and. So the World Economic Forum for most people for people that are you know not sure what this is when you hear the term Davos which is a city in Switzerland but when you hear this meeting that takes place in Davos that's the World Economic Forum this coming 2021 they've moved it from Davos to Singapore for some reason but anyway um, what it is is it's a group of powerful businessmen um, unelected unelected yeah, yeah unelected sure. is the key word mm-hmm. <laughs> powerful businessmen and tech uh, giants, billionaires, um, banking families, banking establishments, multinational corporations, you know, and government coming together. Well, it's not supposed to be government, but government is is always sort (laughs) of there. Um, Coming together to create this roundtable discussion on where they see the future headed, what they're, you know, what are you doing in your industries? And you, let's all work together and, 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 and come together and create a better version of the future. Well, that all sounds nice, but it, it all depends on who's in charge of this better version of the future. And once you, once you start to see who's involved with it, you realize this is not going it's to be not the a answer. Good right. Yeah. That these are the worst people in the world, and, and they're and they're running these policies. And so um, they came up with the idea of the. Well, the first came up with the idea of the fourth industrial revolution, right. mm-hmm. uh, and, and this is going to be like a, a technological breakthrough where we get into artificial intelligence and self-driving cars and smart cities and Internet of Things and and, and, and all of these all of these interesting technological advancements, which in and of itself are not bad, but when put together to create a prison planet type situation, right. obviously it's going to be a horrible dystopian future, um, but. But the world, what the World Economic Forum is talking about, is is communism. Right. It, it is. It, it is. They are. This. It is a sales pitch for communism, much in the same way I assume the Soviet Union sold it, which is, hey, comrades, we'll all have all the food we can eat, and no one will have to work all that hard, and won't it be great? And you're right. like, yeah, it'd be great. Blue skies and you know parades and all that stuff. And what do you get? You get gray Soviet living. era buildings. Right. <laughs> you know, they're like, like depressing and horrifying and you get bread lines and old lady babushkas with band you know i mean <laughs> while the top one percent's living lavishly in their exactly which, which always happens right and so this 
and just to put it in perspective for, for someone, say if, if you wonder like, well, fourth industrial revolution, what is that? Well, let me tell you who's running the technology component of the fourth industrial revolution. A lady named Isabel Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Right. Ghislaine's sister? Ghislaine Maxwell's sister. Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. this is the type of mentality that they're like, oh, your, your dad ran a sexual Tech blackmail giant. entrapment operation and was one of the – biggest spies in the world sure we'll let you in charge of our technology oh and your yeah. sister's running a brownstone operation with jeffrey epstein that's fine where is jeffrey around would he like to join right i mean this is this is what we're we're, we're working with these are the, the the type of mentality that the people have that are running this so when 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 the average person hears about the great reset they don't have any reason to think that there's anything um nefarious going on there in fact mm. if you think about it the way they pitch it it's like any good lie you know it's like 80 percent truth and 20 percent lie or something like right. that where they say the current system that we're living in is broken we have massive inefficiencies there's there's so many poor people and there's and there's and and the way the system is set and we're polluting and we're doing all these things to you and you're going you know they're saying we need to change this and you're going yeah we do we, it's true. All those things are true. We got to change it. What do we want to do? Well, let's use technology to change it. Great. Sounds yeah. wonderful. How do we do that? Well, we're going to have, you know, the Internet of Things. Your toaster will talk to your refrigerator and, and it will <laughs> order more bread when you're out of bread. Well, cool. I mean, I don't have to go to the store. This is great. All these things like sound cool, sound neat. They sound like just a, a, the the natural evolution of where we are as technology gets better and things like that. The problem is who's in charge of it, right, and right. and the pe- people that are in charge of it are the worst people that you would the, you know the the last people you'd ever want to be in charge of this situation. So, this is not conspiracy theory when you talk about the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. I've seen I've seen articles recently that were like those people talking about the Great Reset conspiracy <laughs> <Yeah>. theory. <laughs> hey, dummy! It's on their website. Right, it's, it's on, on their right, website. Time Magazine, on, the, like. I'm not making this up. I don't need to go make this up. You know that build back better that Joe Biden is about about to say we're going to build back better. Everybody Mm -hmm. that is straight from the world economic forum. That's their, that's their little phrase. Build back better. It wasn't Boris Johnson using the same phrase. uh, You you hear Justin Trudeau, you hear whoever the fuck the dictator of Australia is at this point. They're all (laughs) using the same terminology. Satan. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and it's just like every they were right. We do need to to restructure the system that we live in, but the answer is obviously not consolidating power to the unelected billionaires and removing right. all checks and balances <laughs> that we do the the ones that we have left. Right. That that's right. obviously not the answer. No. But no. no. It, it, and and for people that don't, you know, that that are that are new and coming into the that great reset, I just I just suggest look at it as not not in the lens of like, oh, this is great. Look at all the great things that we're having. Our future. Think about it from if you were the worst person in the world and you had all of this power and you wanted to transform society and you wanted to do all of these things. Think of how dystopian and like Blade Runner-ish you could make this place or like 1984. Right. They would have all of the tools to do that. They would literally have the tools to enslave humanity. They could do whatever they wanted if we agree. If we sign on to this and we get into these smart cities, you want to? Oh, you're in a smart city where you have a self-driving car. You want to go visit your friend on the other side of town who has a podcast called Macroaggressions where he rails <laughs> against the government. Guess what? You get in your self-driving car, it won't take you to my house. 
Yeah, it's programmed right. not so to. It's, no, no, no. <laughs> you want to go? You want to go to the? You know, you want to go to the strip club or something? You want to go do something you maybe shouldn't be doing? Right. Your car won't take you there. All of a sudden, you have no free will. All of a sudden, everything you're doing is tracked. So this stuff is like. On the one hand, the sales pitches, look at all these great things that we have. And you're like, okay, I get it. But like, I, I suggest people watch a couple episodes of Black Mirror before they sign on right. to. The uh, world's looking more and more like that. Yeah. See how that technology can be used in a very dangerous and ominous kind of way. So you're talking about the smart cars not taking you where you want to go. I think we might see that very soon. They're not going to mandate this vaccine, but they're going to make it so you can't get on a plane or you can't have that job or you can't do this or that to pretty much force you to get it. It's very reminiscent of fascism, actually. Yeah. But. Yeah. And, and where you see uh, the blueprints for this is in China right now. You see it in Shenzhen, China. They've, they've rolled out a social credit system right. there already. Tied into facial recognition cameras and things like that, and your your Weibo account, which is kind of like having a PayPal account on your phone and mm -hmm. cell phone, and, and, and all. The, so you've got to have a cell phone, and you've got and they they put your face in the facial recognition database, and so they make it so that if you're you know if you're doing something you're not supposed to do, they'll fine you for it, and your social credit score will go down. And if your score goes gets too low, uh, you weren't allowed to even get on a plane or a train. Right. So that's already in place in China. And and it's even more disturbing than that because if if I'm this bad conspiracy theorist guy who's who's got a big problem with the government and my score is low, if if we have a conversation like this, It'll your score score will go mm -hmm. low because mine is low. So you'll be guilty by association. So then you start to have like the social social ramifications of that where you get people that no longer talk to their friends for fear that their score might go down. And once again, there was a Black Mirror episode about this too, where right. everyone had to you go like on their phone, like, oh, I'm going to rate this person. People. Hi, how you doing? And they're like overly friendly. And you're like, this is just totally weird. Right. This is unfortunately the direction that they're going. Um, and it's not science fiction future. It's, it's science fiction now, you know, it's, it's, it's happening currently. And they, and, and so when we talk about not being able to, you know, if, not making the vaccine mandatory, but just making it so that your life is difficult if you don't take it. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll just go off of the China blueprint where where they, they'll tie it to your social credit score. Or what they'll probably do, I think this is very realistic, is they'll tie, tie this universal basic income that they're talking about right. so much to your social credit score too. Right. If your score gets too low, you don't get your UBI. If you're not taking the vaccine, you automatically don't get your UBI either. So they'll, it'll be like a carrot and stick type of thing. Oh, you want your, your, your universal basic income that is paid to you in a federal reserve token coin, mm -hmm. uh, cryptocurrency <laughs> coin that they can print out of thin air for right. nothing. Uh, well, you better take your vaccine. If you don't have your vaccine, don't know what to tell you. You don't get paid. That's so, so scary. It, <laughs> it's terrifying. It, it, it's uh, we we used to think about this stuff as like oh, like out in the future, you know, mm -hmm. like 10, 20 years. Like oh, won't be crazy when. Right. It's happening. I it's think happening now, and they're using COVID as a as a cover story to ram all this stuff through. Things like Black Mirror and these other Netflix shows and movies that are coming out are just desensitizing us for that future. This for is sure. It's yeah. predictive programming. Yeah. For I sure. mean, and speaking of the vaccine, what do you think the vaccine agenda is? I mean, I, I know it's like an, an overused question. Everybody's talking about it now. What, like, what do you think the the point behind this vaccine is? Is it is it to population? Is it sterilization? Is it uh, 
just the just the leverage your UBI, or is it just a slow poison like everything else? Like everything else. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a, uh, a sterilization program for sure. I agree. Uh, that is that is there's no doubt about that. That yeah. is. I just had David Ike on my show, and we were talking about the sterilization nice. component mm-hmm. of that. That's coming. They want that. They've been doing that in Africa. They've right. been doing that through the tetanus vaccine mm-hmm. uh, in in Africa. Um, the, you know who did that? The World Health Organization got busted putting <laughs> sterilants in the tetanus vaccine. There's your public in, health. In Kenya and, and sterilizing millions of women with it. They didn't just get busted like, oh, well, first they denied it. Then they later admitted to it. And then they admitted that they had been doing it for a decade. So this is nothing new. The, the idea like, oh, they're going to put sterilants in the vaccine where you got a tinfoil hat on. Hey, dummy, they're already doing it. They've right, already been busted. Yeah. They pled guilty for doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is not theory. This is fact. So the sterilization component is a given. That's in there for sure. RNA vaccine is a, basically a programmable computer. <laughs> Whatever yeah. they need to do, if that's in you, they own you. You are no longer human. You take that vaccine, it's over for you. It is over for your body. You're no longer yourself. You're no longer a biological human being. You are now something else. I agree. And I, I think that's why they're... Smart dust. <laughs> oh, that's right gallons. up my alley. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the patent shows that right. there's smart technology in the vaccine. Mm-hmm. The 60606 patent Lu- uh, that Bill Gates has on it shows that there's nanotechnology in there tied to a cryptocurrency where they're going to reward you for doing the right things through cryptocurrency that that you're that the vaccine and the, the the components that are in your in your body now are going to report back to the mothership i don't know the main mainframe <laughs> the database for sure that the, 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 the d-wave right. computer, i don't know <laughs> whatever computer they've got running this whole thing the ai um will manage that process if you're doing what they want you know what they tell you to do you get rewarded with cryptocurrency for your behavior it's behavior modification and and so um yeah it's it's it this is no joke this is the end game they talked about this they've been talking about this for a long time this i mean and everyone was like alex jones is out of his mind he's like things he was saying 20 years ago are happening right yeah he's so we either have to make up either Alex Jones is totally out of his mind. He doesn't know what he's talking about or, or is he's right. channeling something else because he's getting a lot of this stuff right. He's just mm-hmm. so early on it that you look crazy when you bring it up. But yeah. but the vaccine agenda is very real. And um, the the I mean, it's already been configured to harm people. I mean, it, it, whether whether that was intentional or not, it harms people. And and and. Yeah. Uh, that's an I've done whole shows on on the vaccine industry. Uh, it's a very very dark and dangerous uh, world and t- topic to get on because you're talking about people that have you know the vaccine industry is a hundred billion dollar a year industry. So there's a right. lot of money flowing through that, and they want to make sure that people aren't saying bad things about it. So you know like like if you put something about vaccines on Facebook, they'll They'll shut your account dinged. down. You know, you, I, I've been put in Facebook jail plenty of times, and it's always on topics that are about certain school shootings or having to do with vaccines. You know, and then you sound yeah. fucking crazy. But, but I mean, speaking of Alex Jones, just a little side note. I did listen to. I just saw a video that he put out, 
and he put out a video from, uh, I forget which governmental organization it was, but it was something about that the RNA vaccine from Pfizer attacks, uh, like the spike protein they use attacks the placenta and, and does sterilize women in a lot of cases. So, so if Alex like, Jones is saying it, that, uh, this is beyond conspiracy go, theory at this point. They'll go, oops, sorry, we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't but have enough research. Yeah. Well, and if you do, and if you do, you just have to bite down on that right. gag order that they put on you. It, it, we all know about the vaccine injury courts and everything like that. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The vaccine injury courts is a is a is a rigged court run by the uh, Health and Human Services and Department of Justice that's staffed with the people that make the decision on the on the vaccine court are all ex big pharma uh, executives that are on it. And they've still paid out $4.2 billion. That's even after making everybody jump through hoops and, and, and you know, making it so that maybe only one out of 100 that, that apply even get through. And they still paid out $4.2 billion. To put that in perspective, for people that are unsure about whether or not the vaccine industry is dangerous or not, that $4.2 billion that it was paid out through a rigged court that, that barely pays anybody, that figure is still more than the Catholic Church has paid out to settle rapes worldwide. Ooh. So it's a huge problem, but it doesn't get talked about on the nightly news. It never gets talked about on the nightly news. It's always once the vaccine comes, then everything will be fixed. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, no, no. There's massive side effects from this stuff. Even the ones that have had 10 plus years of, of, of trials, you know, of, of development, the, the flu shot, which has been around for 70 years, had it, that of that 4.2 billion, more than half of that has been paid out to settle claims from the flu shot. So the flu shot's been around forever. It still is totally ineffective, ex- except for getting you actually sick and right. maybe even killing you. Um, but you're gonna sit. But we're gonna rush through a vaccine in just a couple of months to to fight another flu virus. I get the fuck out of here. I mean, it's <laughs> it's so preposterous that that I I feel like it's a setup. It's like a litmus test to see how dumbed down everybody is. Because yeah. like if you if you sign on and you are like, I want to be first in line for that vaccine, you are Might as well get an idiot. You 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 get everything that you have coming to you. You know that. So it, it it's it's a serious it's a serious thing, and we've been talking about it in like we've been talking about it in, in just in terms of like autism and and autoimmune diseases right. for these vaccines. You know that had always been the context of it because that's what we were dealing with. Now. When we're talking about RNA sort of experimental gene editing vaccines, we're yeah. in a whole yeah. different category of vaccines. This this is stuff that's it's it's more than just I hope I don't get autism from the uh, vaccine that I'm taking. This is I hope I don't drop dead from right. the vaccine. I you hope I don't. They want I hope that. that when somebody turns on like the microwave my brain doesn't explode. You know what I mean? Because you don't know who knows what's in these things, you know, who knows what, or, or, right. or 5g. I know David, Icke and I talked about this a little bit, but he like, you know, he's like, Oh, when you get on the 5g topic, people you know, are just like, Oh, you know, you're out of your mind. Yeah. Right. What if, what if they flip on the 5g and that makes all the aluminum in your, in your brain. In the vaccine come yeah. to life and, and frit, you know, short circuit your brain. Right. That, that's a big problem. Um, the autism thing, that's probably the heavy metals or other chemical slurry, right. whatever's in the vaccines. But yeah. you're right, the RNA, I, I, in college I worked with uh, CRISPR proteins, which go in and edit RNA, and cool. it's no joke. They can they can splice out what, wherever they want and add in whatever they want. It's, it's real dangerous. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fast. It's like, you know, anything with science. It's like, cool, we can use this technology for good, right. but the, but who develops it first? The governments and the military. So they're always developing it for 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 war, you know, they're always yeah. like how can we weaponize this uh, CRISPR technology? You know, <laughs> like you know, guys, like, what if we couldn't? Can't we just use this stuff for to like, for the goodness? For like humanity, grow for some making... organs or something? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, they just they, they always have to get in and, and screw this up. So, yeah. all right, I think I want to switch gears if that's okay with you. That's fine. We're gonna go into NASA lies because oh, <laughs> we are talking about uh, the Nazis coming over in Operation Paperclip and how NASA is basically founded by all Nazis. And I think NASA is just a theatrics. It's all for show. Just say, hey, we sent a rocket up, or, you know. None of that's the real game. And there's, in the truther world, there's kind of two camps the secret space program and flat Earth. You know, you got to go to one of those routes. And I think the secret space program would be really interesting that we actually do have uh, millions of people in space. You know, allegedly, and bases yeah. all over the solar system. That would be awesome. It... Uh, my favorite topic mm-hmm. to geek out about is the secret space program. That's no perfect, way. man. That's perfect. I, I, I have no evidence that there is anything <laughs> actually happening, just to be clear. Right. I, but I'll tell you this. You remember a guy named Gary McKinnon, who's a, a, a British guy? He's kind of got red hair. He got busted in, like, 99 or so, I think, for... For hacking in, well, not even really hacking, but logging in to NASA's computers. He's mm-hmm. a he's a British guy, right? Maybe Scottish. I'm not sure. Um, he he was ha- he was he wasn't even hacking into the NASA computers. Right. He said that when he got caught and explained how he did it, um, he said he was just he was just going in these computers didn't have passwords on them like a third of the computers didn't have passwords on them and the ones that did have passwords he would always try admin and it would and it usually works. work yeah it just opened right up and so and through that he was accessing these these desktop com- computers and he was looking around in files and he did this for like i think like 10 months or so i mean he just went in he'd go in when it was nighttime wherever the computers were mm-hmm. and, and he'd look around he'd pull files and do anything and he found a list um called non-terrestrial officers and a list mm-hmm. of ships the USSS Roscoe Hill and Copper which is United mm-hmm. States spaceship uh, Roscoe Hill. Okay. and they were talking about fleet to fleet transfers and non-terrestrial officers and he was like what the fuck is this right. and so he was pulling he was trying he was pulling down like images but he's like i was doing it on dial-up and you know across the you know across the world on right. dial-up and i wasn't getting very good stuff and they eventually caught on found him tried to tried to put him in jail for forever you know tried to pull like a julian assange with him yeah, said he caused yeah. all this damage which he didn't do but he tells that interesting story. He tells that interesting story the same way every time. He doesn't embellish it. He never adds on to it. So Hmm. I like him, his story. It makes sense to me. The fact that what he saw, the things that he saw, and and he said, it didn't, you know, it was just, it was interesting stuff of what they were talking about, fleet to fleet transfers and things like this. But but then there's the Corey Good side. Yes, I was going to get into that. Total bullshit artist i think that guy is mentally ill and the reason why i think he's i think he's more of a bullshit artist than mentally ill but 
because his story is always like, and then I was on the 20 and back program. Like, and then he's like, and, and, and then we went to Mars and then, (laughs) and then, and then I fought aliens. Right. You gotta keep making more stuff. Right. Like you gotta get to a point where you've told the story. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like I, I've told everything there is to tell. I don't know anything else. He's never gotten to that point, right. so I don't trust that guy at all. It's but very cold with life. Gary McKinnon, Gary McKinnon was like, this is the story. And they're like, well, what about this? Where he's like, I don't know about that. What, what did you find? I don't know. I didn't find that. You know, he just right. – he, people would try it's to ask more him, reliable. Like, roundabout way, you know, you know, give me more. Give me more. And he's like, there's no more. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, I believe that guy. Now, I have no proof that what he's saying is true or not, but I'm more right. inclined to believe him because his story stayed – the same and he didn't try to monetize it he didn't try to you know he didn't get into the blue chicken cult and didn't do any of that stuff right. so so he talks about that and i'm like interested Corey good talks about his blue chicken stuff and i'm like you're a, you're a larping retard i don't know <laughs> um but the idea of there being off-world technology or or uh, so I, I have simultaneous conflicting thoughts on this, and you, you guys might feel the same way. Definitely, I do not believe that we went to the moon with the Apollo mission. Right, at all. neither do I. I. Yeah, but I believe we have a secret space program, <laughs> and I realize that these are in contradiction to one another. I do realize that, right. and I don't know how to fully reconcile that, except that I think NASA was a cover story for something else that was going on, something else that we don't know about. Um, can I prove it? No, I can't prove any of that. I, I, I can prove yeah. that NASA's lying about a lot of stuff, a lot but of I can't. I can't prove that we have a secret space program. Someone else might be able to prove it. I'm not saying it's unprovable. I'm just saying I can't prove it. But I do like that idea. I mean, uh, I do think it's interesting about. I mean, I don't. We don't know what sort of technology is exists because we get hand me down technology from the military that you know by the time it gets to us it's 30 years old you know so we're like oh look at this brand new technology a cell phone you know and and they're like dude we've had that for 30 years you know so so i don't know i don't know what sort of spaceship i don't know if tr3bs are real i'll tell you one thing i put this in in the octopus book a conversation between jan harzen who is the head of mufon Mm -hmm. uh mutual ufo network um and Ben Rich, who was the head of Lockheed Skunk Works. So Ben Rich is given this presentation at UCLA in 95. And he says during this presentation, which is a bunch of like hardcore geeky engineers and, you know, guys like that. Uh, he said that we we have the technology, you know, we, we've already we built the technology. We have the technology to take E.T. home and it won't take us a lifetime to get there. And and, you know, people are like, OK. And but Jan Harzen said he followed it, uh, Ben Rich out to the parking lot after this because he said I have a follow up question. Yeah, you know? I remember this. Yeah, he said he said I I I'm I'm, I'm interested in the propulsion uh, component. You said that we have the ability to take ET home. Uh, I'm interested in the propulsion component of this. Can you explain that? And and Ben Rich says to him, Well, let me ask you a question. Do you know how ESP works? Harzen goes, I don't know. All points in space and time are connected. He goes, that's how it works. That's how it works. Right. And then he wound up dying a year later. Of, uh, I, I don't think of anything serious, <laughs> but, but I don't know. But, but okay, so, okay, the, the head of Skunk Works, which is Lockheed Martin's secret space, you know, secret Vandenberg Air Force Base space program, you know, the X-37B that circled the planet for three years and nobody knew what the fuck was going on with that. Right. 
that's the company that develops those things. So do did they is is Lockheed Martin Skunk Works building TR three Bs? I don't probably, know. Probably, but probably. Yeah, right. You know, it's like uh, Fitz and and Mark Skidmore go and find that there's twenty one trillion dollars missing from the Department of Defense and HUD, and that that, that can't be accounted for. Is that the money that's financing it? She thinks so. Could be. And I think she's right. You know, so there's missing money. There's a lot of there's a lot of things pointing to that, um, to, the, to a secret space program. And, of course, you know that our government would love a, sp- a secret space pro- I mean, if there's anything better than a space program, it's a secret space program, right? <laughs> so, so the idea that they could be using that, and, and, and you know they're weaponizing space, and you know about – I mean, we've heard about the Rod of God technology that yeah. that is, um, I think, what hit that Tianjin uh, – building in china a couple years ago that made that crazy did you see that video of that that crazy explosion yeah holy crap so that was my first experience with rod of god technology yeah i'd heard about it before that but someone someone sent someone reached out to me and they said hey uh you might want to you know that tinjin explosion you might want to look at that again but through the lens of the rod of god and i went oh shit okay what happened? They the, the China said that they were going to let their currency. They were going to depeg it and let it like free flow, and they're, and they're like, oh. And the U.S. was like, no, 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 you don't do that. And the next thing you know, this big facility gets yeah. bl- like they blew a city block to smithereens. Yeah. Right. You want some more of that? <laughs> you want some more of that? You want, oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do that to your currency? I don't think so. Yeah. So we know that there's weapons in space. I mean, that's 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 understood. Um, so is there a secret space program? I mean, probably, man. I'd like to find out more about it. I, I, I don't right. pretend to know the ins and outs of it. I don't have a, a guy on the inside or anything like that. But I just think it's fascinating. Well, that goes into this Project Blue Beam. We're seeing these monoliths pop up right. and people keep <laughs> saying, oh, UFO sighting over here. Or this guy said UFOs are real. They keep leaking it to us piece by piece. Do you think a big disclosure event's going to happen in the near future anytime I soon? Think a, I think a fake disclosure event is right. going to happen right. in the future. Yeah. yeah, but but that being said, I don't know that I don't know that when I say a fake disclosure of like alien intervention, I'm not saying that I I don't believe in aliens, and I'm not saying that I don't think that they might be here or influencing us, or that we've discovered reverse engineered their technology. I'm just saying that. If all of that is true and aliens are here and their their influence and all these stories that you've heard, who knows if they're if, if they're actually true or not. But but if that's true, the disclosure won't be about that. And it'll be it'll be a fake disclosure. It'll be it'll be some other version of reality. Project Blue Beam. They've talked about, you know, that they have the technology to do that. You can watch the you can watch the, the footage of the company that is doing a presentation at like a high school gym. Uh, they've got this uh, magic leap uh, is, is the technology that they're using. And they've got all these kids in a high school gym. They're, they're, there's nobody on the basketball court, but everyone's up in the stands. And they have this technology set up. And they make a huge humpback whale come jumping out of the floor and splash down and splash water. Right, like, like all the kids in the crowd yeah. are doing this. And it's not real. Right. But it looks real. And it's happening right in front of them. So when you see that, and that's years ago that that technology was out, and you extrapolate where the actual technology is in terms of light years ahead of that, 
they probably would be really have, easy to do that. Yeah. They probably have the technology to, to do a little Project Bluebeam. Then you factor in, like, what's the chemtrail program all about? Is it it's putting all this all these particulates out in the atmosphere? Is that to, to be a, a, a screen to project it onto, maybe? I mean, I don't know. It could be, but... But um, or it could be just you know to poison us as well, or it could be both. <laughs> hey, yeah, let's poison them while we do this. <laughs> Two birds with one stone. Um, I definitely believe that they are going to use some sort. Look, if the it, Tom DeLonge and Lou Elizondo are con men. I mean, I like Blink One Eighty Two for sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, these guys are. I think Tom DeLonge is getting like played. He's he's like. The cool guy who's like, hey, we're going to use him to sort of get this cool out to <laughs> cool, cool guy in quotes. Yeah, exactly. Um, to 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 get the word out to the younger kids to start, get them start to think about aliens and UFOs and everything. Yeah. So there's there's evidence of of spaceships, space, you know, sort of flying technology that is that is hard to explain away. But. But when the guy from the CIA, Lou Elizondo, is is partnered up with, you know, with the Blink-182 guitarist, like, that's not exactly a source that I, I find to be credible. Um, and then, the, oh, we're going to do To the Stars Academy. Like, yeah. Like, I, I think I'll, I'll pass on that. Brainwashing, getting people. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. We're, and then the Corey, Corey Good's got the, oh, we'll make the Blue Chicken cartoons and we'll do all that. It's like. I, we see what you're doing here. Like we understand what you're doing. You're here. trying to make some money, I guess. You're trying to make some money. You're 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 trying to influence people. You've got the wrong people. So, like, if there was an alien, uh, you know, arrival or or something along those lines, mm-hmm. I would be totally suspicious. Not because I don't believe in aliens, but because I would just assume that the governments of the world were on board with this, and they were like, "Well, we're going to have to." Fingers all over it. Right, right, and and then and then you take into account also the story of Carol Rossum, who who was uh, Werner von Braun's uh, right hand woman. She was younger, much younger then, but when he was on his deathbed, maybe not per, maybe not his actual deathbed, but in the in the the time leading up to his death, he told her, "Listen, this is what's going to ha- happen. You're going to have uh, terrorists is go- are going to be all over the place, uh, and then it will be biological, and then it, the last card that they'll play is an." is a fake alien invasion. Now, unite the world under one government. We spoke about You that. got it. Now, it's coming from Werner von Braun, who you have to you have to acknowledge hey, was a Nazi. <laughs> so, uh, on the one hand, he's a Nazi. On the other hand, he would know. Yeah. yeah. He was the he-, he was the head of the 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 V program, the V2, the V1 and V2 program in in Nazi Germany and then wound up coming over through Operation Paperclip and was in charge of, of the Saturn V program through NASA. You know, one of the one of the people that was instrumental in putting NASA together, along with L. Ron Hubbard, <laughs> Alistair Crowley, and yeah. and you know, but and it's like there. the worst Yeah, the the, the say, satanic and a guy named Roger Molina. Roger Molina's son is married to one of the Maxwell sisters. So so once again we get this you know, like the least trustworthy people in the world are creating NASA and you're like, Oh, this is great. We're going to space. It's like, yeah, but can we have somebody else develop this instead of operation paperclip Nazis and, 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 uh, Satanists and, and, and a guy that's going to create a religion in a couple of years. Like, this is crazy. This is, this is the, this is the worst batch of 
of people. This is the worst like survivor team ever. <laughs> now they're pushing Elon Musk to the forefront. He thinks he's going to be like our Tony Stark, and it, his ideas about artificial intelligence and the Neuralink chipping your brain and everything. I don't know if that's a good yeah. future for us to be shooting towards, but they're kind of making him the poster boy for this. Yeah. He's got the cool factor and he goes on Rogan and he, and he smokes weed with him and he's doing, I mean, look, I, I, I'm conflicted on Elon Musk, to be honest with you, because I understand like the Neuralink thing. I am not on board with and the, and the start, the satellite system that he's got going, all that stuff. I, I, I'm not on board with, but he makes some decent points about other things. Uh, and, and he has been, you know, he's an innovator. He's an innovative guy. He's got access. He's, he's one of those guys that does things. And he also kind of gives the finger to government a little bit here and there, not you know, on the local side. So yeah, I would keep my eye on him. I wouldn't fully trust Elon Musk, but but he he's he's definitely being pushed out there as the guy that is like the poster child for this. And 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 that would be if you're these globalist maniacs, that would be a better choice than Klaus Schwab, who goes uh, goes out and dresses like like Emperor Palpatine, right? Do you have to wear the fucking outfit? I mean, <laughs> we know you're an evil you're maniac villain, but like you have to wear the costume as well. Like that's a little much. But so, I, I, you know, I could see them going, mm, let's get Klaus out of here and let's get Elon more in here. Let's get him to come center stage. People seem to trust him a little bit more. And yeah, and yes, the Tony Stark component of it too uh, kind of fits nicely. Yeah. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for your time. This has been awesome. This has been really. Well, I appreciate. I'm 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 happy to do it, man. I love I We're love talking about this. Another one of these up soon. You know, do it again. And and, uh, and and look, it, the first step is like is acknowledging that we have a we have a problem. We have a problem with our media. We have a problem with our government. We have a problem with big pharma. We have a problem with big tech getting involved. These are institutions that are actively working against us. So I feel like any time I get an opportunity uh, to come on and, and talk about that and, and try and like get people to start thinking about it, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say I have all the answers. I've done a lot of research on it. I've written a couple books. I've got a podcast and all that stuff. But, but to be fair, it's so – there's so much going on. It's impossible to know all of it. But – but maybe what we're going to do is we're going to have this conversation and somebody's going to see it and they're going to get they're going to be like, I didn't know any of that stuff. They're going to get real into it and they're going to tell their friends who are also going to be interested. And maybe somebody's going to be in a position uh, to to know more about some aspects of this than 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 us. And they're going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know all about that. I used to work there. And, I, you know, and so. We have the conversation because we have to. We get the word out to as many people as we can because you never know what's going what's gonna to happen. You never know who you're going to wake up. You never know what they're going to be able to do as well. So I'm writing books. I'm talking about it on my podcast, but I don't have the scientific or computer background to make these changes, but somebody else does. And maybe they're going to wake up and go, oh, oh, my God, I'm so glad that I see this now. Google is the devil, and there are they are trying to, to skew reality. But I understand this because I used to work as a software engineer, and we can do X, Y, and Z to get around it. And right. like That's what I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that these conversations happen and, um, and wake people up because something woke us up. Right. It was probably a show. It was probably yeah. a podcast. It might have been – 
hell, it could have been Alex Jones, you know? I mean, he says crazy stuff a, a, a lot of the time, but, like... And you look into it, and he's like, wow, shit, he's right. <laughs> I know, I know. And so, so I'm totally fine coming off as potentially unhinged, okay? I'm, I don't care. But... But I do. I, I don't care because I feel like the the message is important. I feel like the information, you know, having the conversation is the first step in, in trying to do something. So I appreciate you guys inviting me on the show and and giving me an opportunity to kind of, um, you know, to to have that dialogue with you and, and and see where see what we can do. And if people are interested in in um, my podcast, if they've got room in it after your podcast, I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. I get it. But, uh, if you've got my, my show's called macro aggressions, it's on Apple and Spotify and iHeartRadio and YouTube and David Ike's platform iconic. And, and the books are available on Amazon. And, uh, my website is the octopus of and people can, can check out my stuff there or maybe reach out to me. And, uh, yeah, we're all, um, you know how they said when this pandemic started, like we're all in it together. That was bullshit. They're not in it with us, but the rest of us, we are in this together and we need to figure this out. We need to come together as a society and rise up against these maniacs because we have the numbers. They're depending on our ignorance and we can't afford to be ignorant about this stuff any longer. I'm completely with you. Uh, thank you again, Charlie. Uh, send me an email with all the links of your stuff and I'll be sure, sure to put it all in the show notes and no problem. It was great talking to you, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We'll have to keep in touch. Absolutely. All right. Have a good one. All right, guys. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it, rabbit holers. That was Charlie Robinson, best-selling author, podcaster, the man, the myth, the legend. He's a god. We're extremely grateful that he came on. Um, All his info is in the show notes, so go check out his content. Uh, Give the pod a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Parlor, all that good stuff. Like, rate, review, subscribe to us on all your podcasting apps. You know, all that good stuff. I'm I'm tired of doing this spiel, so take it away, Mulder. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. <laughs>